Welcome to Brain Health Matters. I'm your host, Kate Kunkel, the founder of this series of courses, programs, books, and this podcast, all created to help you become healthier so your brain can become happier and stronger. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Kunkel. I'm so excited to be here again. We have with us this week a very special guest that I learned about initially because I took a vegan course with Marina, but this is on a totally different topic. But I first, I'd like to, I promised you last week that every time we do a show, I would be giving you a little news item that you can use by way of improving your brain health. And this news item is, is very interesting. We've heard a lot about comorbidities over the last couple of years. If you have um, high blood pressure, if you have COPD, anything like that, you may be more susceptible to developing COVID. One of the things that um, are impacted, of course, is our immune system, but it's also the likelihood of developing dementia. And a news story just came out that You know, this is really important because so many people have heart disease, they've had strokes, diabetes, hypertension, even cancer or kidney disease, um, COPD. Many of these diseases actually increase our risk of dementia. So the the research that just came out said that people had a two and a half times greater risk of developing dementia if they had a multimorbidity. So that's two or more of those comorbidities at the age of 55 compared with people who don't have any of those chronic conditions. But if you had those five years earlier, it's an 18% increase. So for every five years earlier that that comorbidity appears, you have a much greater chance of developing dementia. So if there's ever a reason to look after yourself right there to pay attention to, to any kind of chronic conditions, that's, well, there are many reasons, but that's a big one. So I wanted to share that with you as another impetus to, to look after your health on every level. And now our guest for the week. Maria Yane Triner is the compassionate somatic coach. She works with people who are disengaged with life, burnt out and checked out to support them in experiencing more joy and aliveness in their lives. And since joy and being in touch with our emotions is essential to better brain health, I'm excited to have Marina join us to help us get in touch with the very things that so many of us try to avoid. Welcome, Marina. Thank you, Kate. It's great to be with you. So what got you interested in this? Most people have some personal story that has triggered their interest. Yeah, definitely. I do. Um, It's around trauma. And I really coach people a lot on trauma and emotions are so important. It's it's kind of the main way to process trauma um, that I find. And what got me into it is my own story, having PTSD for many years, going to a bunch of therapists, talk therapy that really did not too much for me. I mean, it was helpful, but it really didn't allow me to really heal um, and find my path as I do now. And then finding body-based somatic experiencing modalities. So somatic means of the body processing things from within the body rather than just talking about it um, has really helped me heal a lot. And then on the health side, it's interesting. I struggled with digestive issues forever. And even when I went vegan, 
um, it was still, you know, still present. And I always had this intuition that I don't really know what to do with my emotions. That's where the things get tricky. Um, and so learning to work with my emotions, along with the plant-based eating, for sure, has really helped digestion for me a lot. Okay, so the, then this process of dealing with emotions isn't just about your head, your mental health. It's also got to do with your physical, your ability to physically process food even. Absolutely. Emotions are in the body. So if we just think about it, like if we think, oh, I'm, I think I'm sad, you know, it's not the same as actually feeling it and allowing the emotion to move through our bodies. And if we don't, emotions really get stuck. So I, I really think of it as just our body being blocked and stuck. And so the digestive piece makes so much sense, especially when you think of the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is our largest cranial nerve and it goes into all of the organs in our in our body and it hits you know the colon and the kidneys and just all of the things and especially digestion and with the vagus nerve 80 percent of information actually goes from the body to the brain so this is why we really need to learn to work from within the body rather than just think about you know past trauma or emotions to process it Oh, I, you know, I actually never thought of it that way, but it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you think about it, when we get nervous, where do we feel that? We feel that in, in our stomach. Chest, the belly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I often say my butterflies are wearing army boots when I'm really <laughs> upset because it, I can, I feel it there first. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. I have butterflies in the belly, that sort of thing. But processing it that way, processing it in the body, wow, that's a that's a very different um, idea for me. So um, you mentioned regulation of the nervous system. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so we have kind of three states of the nervous system of the autonomic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system is the one that just goes like we don't control it. it's like we breathe our heart beats right it's like that. Um, and so we have, and that, that also comes from the vagus nerve. We have the sympathetic branch of that nervous system, which is the fight or flight, fighting or fleeing from a threat, um, that anxiety, the fear. And then we have the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest. And within the parasympathetic, we have the ventral vagal nervous system state. And I know these kind of words are tricky. So it took me a while to really, really get this. So it's okay if you're like, oh my God, so many words. So ventral vagal is just when you're present, you're connected. It's our social engagement system. So it's that state of your body where you feel like, yeah, I'm connecting to other people and I'm totally present with them and that kind of a feeling. And then we have the dorsal vagal, which vagal comes from the vagus nerve. And the dorsal vagal state is shut down collapse. So what happens is we can be in the present state, we can be in the social engagement system, and then a threat comes in. And just keep in mind, this can be perceived threat or like actual threat. And so what do we do? We go into fight or flight, right? We want to either fight this threat or we want to run away. And a threat can even be pain in your body. You feel pain and you want to do something about it. It can be a heavy memory. It can be a person that really triggers you. It can be a fire, right? All the, and the cool thing to know is that all of these are the same to our body. To our body. Even though mentally, yeah, mentally you're like, you know, it's very different. 
but our body feels threatened. That's the point. So we, we have this, this fight or flight mechanism, survival mechanism, and we try it right away. That's kind of our first line of defense. We try it and maybe it doesn't work. Maybe we're trapped or maybe we feel like under-resourced, maybe emotionally under-resourced, meaning like this is too heavy and I don't know what to do with all these feelings. It's too much. And that's where we go into the collapse and shutdown, mm-hmm. which is very survival driven as well, because the collapse and shutdown is, a, I don't feel pain. I'm collapsed. I'm numb. And so the animal in the wild that is in collapse and shutdown doesn't feel pain when it's being hunted. So it's, it's brilliant. The trouble is where we get stuck, where our system becomes really rigid and we're not flowing through the states. We go into shutdown and we stay there. We get stuck there. We go into the fight or flight and we just get stuck in anxiety. And so nervous system regulation work is really meant to help us flow and not get stuck in one state versus the other. And that makes a big difference for our hormones then, because the hormones are triggered by that flight, fight or flight, whatever state we're in, hormones are triggered. And that has a lot to do with our brain health. And that feeds back in like to the vagus nerve. So it's this big circle that makes perfect sense. Now, when you say that, so, so many of us struggle with our emotions. So like we, we may recognize them, we, you know, say, yes, I do feel sad. I feel that sadness, or I feel that anger. But we're, we're often taught, depending on whether you're a man or woman, how, how much you're told not to pay attention to those most of men are, you know, they struggle with this, because they're told from the beginning, don't, don't, you know, get emotional, don't get emotional, can't do that. And even for those of us women, I came through the the legal system, I was a paralegal. And I was taught to hide all of that stuff because I was a professional and I couldn't release any of that stuff in, in front of others. So I do know I hold a little bit of that because I don't want to um, appear weak. I guess that's it. So what, what does that do to us then when we, we, we feel them, but we can't express them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We live in a masculine world too. Like a world where it's like, like you said, in every profession, don't show your emotion. Like I'm lucky because I'm a coach and I get to do this all day with my clients uh, where we feel together. We actually feel, and we have room to express like emotions are such a foundational part of us. We can't just avoid them. You know, they just kind of grow and fester. And that's where we get into anxiety. That's where, that's exactly where we get stuck in those states and life feels terrible. We feel stuck. We feel overwhelmed. We feel numb. And it's like every, I have everything. Like I have a career, I have a marriage, but I don't feel good because we don't have those tools. And it's just a skill. It's a practice. And just like you were saying, you know, I came from a family that was very much about keep going, keep working, keep doing, do not pause, you know, constantly in survival. So it was hard for me to learn these skills, but I know if I could do it, anyone can do it. Um, So it's really, it's just really about how can you feel your emotions from regulation? That's something really important. Like if you're in shutdown, which you're numb or you're in anxiety, it's very hard to access emotions, very hard. So we have to learn to regulate 
to where we come down from those states and we're really more present. And we also feel from our adult bodies because what often ends up happening, which is really interesting, is that we make other people our parents. And we do that because when we're little, our parents' role is really to reflect the emotions back. Oh, you're sad. I can see you're sad. Or, oh, you're really angry, right? That's how they're teaching us. They're telling, they're reflecting that back to us or attuning. And so what ends up happening if we don't have that, maybe our parents have no idea how to do that, or we just haven't processed, we have a lot of trauma, we haven't processed, we sometimes make other people into our parents. So what I mean by that is, for example, our friends, close friends or partners, we're like, you made me angry, make me feel better, apologize. You made me angry, right? Well, this person is not your parent. The emotion is yours. It's not theirs, right? And such, it was a huge shift for me. And I'm like, wow, I'm a, I'm a 30 year old, five year old (laughs) with my emotions, you know, like no one can make, they can trigger the anger within you and you have to work through that. And then of course you can communicate what bothers you to them, but this is yours. They're not responsible for your anger. That's kind of, That's one thing. And the other thing is we become merged with that emotion. Like it's all of who we are and it's so intense and it's everyone's, everyone needs to make me feel better and and that type of thing. Or we numb it out completely. Like we're completely avoiding it or not feeling it at all. Those are kind of the two versions that I see. So then if this would have a huge impact on your ability to have healthy relationships, which are so important for a healthy brain. I mean, without them, we really can't have a healthy brain because we are human as humans, we are social creatures. So this would have a huge impact on your ability to develop and maintain relationships then. Absolutely. I definitely have gone through that um, in my romantic relationship, you know, and, and it's really it creates a very toxic dynamic, essentially, where you kind of outsource your safety and your, you know, your adulthood, like people become your parents. And so it feels really good when you learn emotional liberation, which is not avoiding the emotion, not saying, oh, it's not, I'm fine. I should, I should be fine. So I am, you know, but actually addressing it within yourself and letting it run its course and feeling it and acknowledging it. So, so like grief is a big thing. And right now, at this point in history, this crazy point in history, people are, are frightened, but they're also, well, not so much now, but they are kind of alone. You know, there's still this idea. So if you're, you're dealing with that, and you can't even, um, you know, reflect on someone or talk to someone in a, in a meaningful way, what would you recommend to someone then? Cause like I, when, when my mom died, it was shortly after my mom died that this whole nonsense started. I did not process the loss of my mom until my cat died till one of my cats died. Then it all hit the fan, so to speak. But how would you help someone who's going through that and they don't have, um, you know, an outlet or, or something, what would you suggest to them? Yeah, well, I'm really sorry to hear that, first of all. And I know that it's, it's so interesting where we don't process loss. Other losses kind of trigger and bring up all of that, right? And that's why it's so important to really take that time. So, and grief, I think it's so, it's so fascinating because grief has to do with 
also our childhoods. Like I think grief, grief can really get triggered in, in loss because when we're children, we want certain things and sometimes we get too much, like too much criticism, too much attention or too little. And so we, we really, I see grief as this kind of like transformation from being a child to becoming an adult. So it's like this process that we really need to go through. I, I definitely let myself have grief about, you know, my relationship with my father and how I wanted him to show up, but he didn't in, in the ways that I wanted. Right. And sometimes it's like, oh, you're asking for too much. Like you had parents that loved you, but as children, we do, we want certain things. And then that childish, like I'm entitled to this. It can show up when we don't grieve. It can, that entitlement feeling can really show up. So it's really, all these connections are interesting. So what I would say about processing emotion is it's not just about how you, like what you're doing, but it's about how you do it is really crucial because we have this fear we're really scared of emotion, right? It feels, oh my God, all this grief and it's so overwhelming. And so something I always tell my clients, I'm like, look, we're doing this one bit at a time. We're not going to sit here and be in this for the next hour together, because you need to, to know that it's safe. You need to feel that it's safe to feel. That is the biggest gift that coaching can give you or any experience with emotions is not just, you know, okay, go feel it. But like coming to it and knowing you can dip in and out for me, it took years to be okay with sadness, you know, so just doing it bit by bit, and it's called titration and somatic experiencing actually where we kind of dip in, and then we go into a safe memory, and we kind of picture that and we feel into it. And then we dip into the sadness, and then we go into a safe memory. And that really allows you your body to learn that it's okay. It's just an emotion. That's it. So nothing is scary anymore, because you know how to process everything. Wow, that's, you know, what you just said there, it's just an emotion. And not, not that that's to demean the, the word emotion, but it is just an emotion. Because even guilt, like we have guilt, we have all of that, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of thing. I, I could have done this. I should have done this. And I certainly had a lot of that when my mom died. So um, yeah, that, it is just an emotion. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to, yeah, that's, a, I, I love that. That's great. Marina, how can people work with you? Because I think you have so much to offer people who, because you can't have a healthy brain if your if your mental health is not good, you just can't. Absolutely. So how can people work with you? What can they do? Yeah, they can just, I, I share everything on Instagram. So they can just find me at marina.y.t. I have online courses. I have one-on-one coaching groups, all kind of intuitively, I share what I'm doing at the moment. So they can always find that over there. And if anyone has questions, I'm always open to interacting with people in private messages, just reach out, let me know. Okay, I'll do that. I will make sure to put your Instagram link in the show notes. Marina, this has been a real education for me. Thank you very much. Uh, Being a the daughter of a German gentleman who doesn't do much with emotion. I've uh, really appreciated this. And, and I'm sure there will be many other people who do that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Marina. And um, I can't thank wait. You. You're welcome. I can't wait to uh, see how people uh, respond and uh, get involved. Thanks again.
Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to Brain Health Matters so you'll always have the latest information and access to interviews with experts who can help you nurture and protect your brain for a future filled with happy memories.